live from the next cast Fanthropological Institute, we're trying to keep our balance as we talk fans of figure skating. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast that brings the fans' eye view to you. It's Fanthropological. My name is Nick G, and today we went all the way to the largest nation in the world, Russia, to talk about fans of figure skating. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. You have to do the opposite of what people expect. How else will you surprise them? That's my motto. I think that's about 30 seconds before referencing Yuri on Ice. <laughs> I thought uh, that going Nick to Z. the pork cutlet bowl would be too early. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, you should have saved that one for a little bit later on when uh, when people were hungry for a Yuri on Ice Oof. reference. Oof. 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 <laughs> Finally, we could eat words. Mm-hmm. Then I'd be eating a lot of humble pie. Actually, we might be eating some of that later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I think about it. <laughs> When's the last time we did a podcast? Like a year ago? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for those of you who may not be in the know, the summer is a busy time and uh, we've had to um, adjust the schedule a few times to make everything work so that we can get a podcast every week because we don't ever want to stop doing that. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> but it has meant a little bit of weird time traveling shenanigans. For example... We're going to travel into the past or the future or the present or another dimension uh, next week to talk about Super Hulak fandom mm-hmm. before we go back to our round-the-world traveling about fandoms. Yep. But we're making it work. It's very temporal yeah, over yeah. here. We're going to visit Mr. Snowden here in Russia and uh, just hang out with him for a bit and, and subject him to our Super Hulak episode. He already knows about it. That's true. He does. Oh my goodness. As we skate the length of the Volga, we're going to uh, get into fandom facts. Okay. Fandom facts. So fandom facts, if you're a longtime listener, as you know, is the part where we give a little bit of a, a statistical set, a little bit of data, a little bit of information about the fandom before we dive into the why of the fandom. Uh, I have some information about figure skating that you may or may not have known. Figure skating, also known as artistic skating, which would have helped my searching a lot, (laughs) as it is known in many other countries, is a sport where individuals or groups of people perform in a special type of ice skate, i.e. figure skates. Uh, It was the first winter sport included in the Olympics in 1908, and, depending on the discipline, may include spins, jumps, lifts, throw jumps, death spirals, which you'd think I would have looked up but did not, (laughs) and other elements. It can be in pairs, singles, etc., is this now the new oldest thing we've covered? I had a hard time pinning down when figure skating started. <laughs> so did the internet. Yeah. yeah. I heard a story about Russian figure skating that seemed to pin it down to the late 1800s. Yeah. Hmm. When was Sherlock Holmes? I think coffee is our oldest. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Hard to beat. I mean, they've found skates from... 3000 BC, but yeah. whether they were figure skating or not, it, it sounds like they probably weren't because it wasn't until uh, Peter the Great came around in the 17th century and modified those skates so you could attach skates directly to boots that they became pliable enough to really uh, do anything beyond skating. Mm-hmm. And 
I think related to that, there's a difference between figure skates and, I guess, other skates. I don't know if the, the discipline of figure skating was distinguished by that. But I learned, for example, that, uh, you know, figure skates have a toe pick on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not the part you spin on. Wait, what? Yeah. No. Wow. So a figure skate is ever so slightly curved. And so apparently when they do the spins, they do it on the sweet spot at the bottom of the blade. (laughs) Dang. Wow. You would know that, Elvis Stoiko. Oh, right. uh, Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm just just playing along here, you know. That, uh, I'm still reeling from that fight that Eric Lindros and I had in 1996 for for reels. After you did that quad? Yep. <laughs> you, both of you have already gone too deep for me. <laughs> yep, sorry. Uh, I tried to get an estimate of the size of the fandom. So, you know, there's a, there's a funnel of interest and people who do more fanish stuff are obviously more interested and there's less of them and people who are just kind of interested and watch and consume there's more of them mm-hmm. i got information from a u.s organization called u.s figure skating very very descriptive i know mm-hmm. yeah and they have a figure skating by the numbers which was super helpful so to put things into context they had a number about people who watched the u.s olympics the winter olympics but i don't think that's helpful mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. way too broad people watching the the winter olympics are not necessarily watching figure skating <laughs> <laughs> and although Figure skating was the first winter sport to be included in the Olympics. They did not have a winter Olympics that was just skating. No. <laughs> they waited until there were more sports. Yeah. So by the numbers from U.S. figure skating, there are about 184,000 members uh, of that organization in the 2015 to 2016 season. There are approximately 130,000 readers of skating, a U.S. figure skating magazine. Hmm. There were about 108,000 people in attendance at the International Skating Union World Figure Skating Championships in 2016, uh, which were, I believe, in Boston. Those stats are mostly for U.S., so that's not super helpful. I looked at Reddit. The largest figure skating subreddit is about 1,600 subscribers. So I think it's probably fair to say that there's some number in the low millions of fans of figure skating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of various levels of dedication. Now, is that our figure skating? Uh, I think it was. There was also ice skating and another skating one, but they kept having smaller and smaller numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our figure skating is also pretty much about, like, being a figure skater. How to and, yeah. and techniques of figure skating. Yeah. This week, going through the fandom, there might be another example of a highly uh, intersected fandom where people who are fans of the thing are also people who do the thing maybe maybe i'll learn more as we keep going (laughs) (laughs) who knows who knows Mm -hmm. i found a bunch of demographics about people in the u.s figure skating organization suffice to say that it's predominantly female about 75 percent female and predominantly young people so young skaters but as we just talked about those are people who do figure skating and not necessarily people who are fans of figure skating yeah. So at the last minute, I managed to find a little bit of data about fans of figure skating. From the Sports Business Journal, again, the majority of fans are female, about 65%, but they tend to skew older. The majority of them are between the ages of 30 and 60, mm-hmm. with the largest group being 50 to 64 at about 27%. Uh, 30 to 39 is 20%, and 40 to 49 is about 19%. Hmm. That was kind of interesting because uh, I wasn't sure how old fans of figure skating would be if it's something you grow up with and then grow out of or something that you just grow old with. 
Well, I mean, the life cycle of an athlete, yeah, you know, let alone like an Olympic athlete, is like by your mid mid to late twenties, you're pretty much done. So a lot of those people could be people who figure skated when they were young, yeah, and now just watch it because they uh, they get what it's about. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, in terms of changes in the fandom, it sounds like it's probably on a very slow decline. This is kind of a trend we've seen in the last bunch of fandoms we've looked at. Mm -hmm. there is always a peak in interest in figure skating about once every four years <laughs> huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> i tried a bunch of different search terms for figure skating ice skating artistic skating didn't have too much and then just skating but there's also a peak around december which hmm. could coincide with the isu grand prix finals which tend in happen in early december or it could just be hmm. you know it's winter and people are skating and all that jazz. Yeah. Despite a global downturn in search interest, some organizations such as use figure skating seem to be growing. And from a question I found on Quora, some parts of the world have no problems attracting fans to figure skating, like in uh, Japan. Oh. I had this quote, which was, it is perhaps the most popular sport, along with baseball. Tickets to competition in Japan are so expensive that it's cheaper for Japanese fans to travel anywhere else to watch figure skating. <laughs> and you can frequently see... Seas of Japanese flags waving at events in North America and Europe. Domestic wow. events sell out immediately, and tickets on the resale market can get very expensive. This person says they know someone who accidentally bought a ticket for a figure skating event in Tokyo, thinking it was two hundred U.S. dollars when it was, in fact, two thousand U.S. dollars. Wow! So wow. Apparently, figure skating shows in Japan are sold via lottery. Jeez. Oh, that's fair. That's a nice way to do things. Yeah. That means a lot of fans are going to not get tickets. Yep. I mean, do you want to get tickets to a Leafs game? Yep. Uh, like, kind of same idea, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently Japanese fans came out in their numbers to Barry. Like Barry, Ontario? To Barry, Ontario, to watch Yuzuru Hanyu. Uh... I, I found out in my research that in 2013, there was, like, not the Grand Prix, but one of the major ISU figure skating events was in london ontario <laughs> really yeah i guess canada in general is like we got the rinks everywhere yeah. yeah yeah that was also something i found out uh where who which which countries are the most interested in figure skating well uh, I, I can't I, I, canada <laughs> maybe. <laughs> the cold ones the cold ones, I, the ones there was a trend towards colder countries but there were some surprising ones so mm. in order canada estonia the united states latvia finland what is this a ranking of? By search interest in uh, figure oh, skating. By search interest, yeah. okay. But okay. then the Philippines, hmm. Singapore, South Korea, yep. New Zealand, and Australia. Australia? Yeah. Australia. Australia's just like, they're all about <laughs> like all the athletic. <laughs> like, they just love it all. They can't let the the climate of their country dictate the kind of sports that they dominate in. <laughs> <laughs> and I did find some information on fanfics. There are about 2,400 fanfics that use the term figure skating on uh, Archive of Our Own. And uh, more specifically, there are about 2,400 fanfics that refer to figure skating on Archive of Our Own. One of which is Figure Skating Alternate Universe, which I totally didn't know was yet another fandom category for fanfic skating alternate universe yeah you know just like coffee shop or baker whatever oh so like iron man and thor are figure skating yeah huh. oh i see interesting you know like that kind of an alternate universe where imagine the characters were figure skaters 
Huh. Wow. Fun. As distinct from real person fic. Yeah. Which uh, is also a thing. <laughs> yeah. People love their figure skaters. Oh, yeah. There's plenty to fuel that love of figure skaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The drama. Well, so that's what I found for fandom facts this week. There was actually a lot of fandom facts. Yeah. I was very happy with the results. <laughs> it's an old and storied sport. Yeah. I'm starting to get hungry. I think a few words would go down a treat. Oh, right. We're all going to have some humble pie with yep. pork cutlet on the side. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Chicken. Humble pork cutlet. The old mm. pork cutlet bowl. <laughs> all right. Let's take a trip back to some time ago in the past where we did our famous last words for this episode. So I'm not going to start with me. I'll go second. I'm benevolent like that. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Gee, your famous last words were due to its nature and country of origin. Figure skating and ballet have very close origins. Well, I was way off. First of all, <laughs> Russia is not really the, necessarily the country of origin for figure skating. It's just, I don't know, everyone up there, everyone in the icy territories <laughs> had a hand in, in the creation of figure skating. And it's not related to ballet. In fact, the first incorporation of ballet-style moves and dancing to figure skating was an American by the name of Jackson Haynes, oh. who in the 1860s started to do dance moves. Huh. Instead of concentrating on, like, literally drawing figures in the ice. Yeah. Which is where the term figure skating comes from, which I learned today. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it is less important now in current figure skating <laughs> that you make a shape on the ice. I mean, it's less important that you make a shape on the ice, but apparently a big factor in terms of your scoring is the coverage of the ice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But you're not being graded on the pattern that you leave. Oh, afterwards. no. Definitely not that. Yeah. Well, to buoy your your claim just a, a tiny little bit, I did find out that when figure skating had started, that a lot of uh, Russian, like in Russia, people are taken away and put into special facilities for skating. So there's kind of like an athletics tie there. Not necessarily ballet, though. No. I specifically thought because, I don't know, ballet and figure skating seem to share a lot of similar looking movements. Mm-hmm. I thought there would be a connection, but there isn't. A Russian must have seen that American putting on some dance moves on the ice and thought to themselves, hold on there, comrade. I'll do you one better. Uh, yep. You, uh, uh, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he won the first championships of America in 1864. I'm guessing that's before there was Skate wow. America? Yes. Okay. But his way was like not considered good for like a while. Huh. He was like the Impressionists. They were like, this is garbage painting. Why can't you paint? I'm not showing this. (laughs) (laughs) They instead preferred a stiff British style. Which can be said for a lot of different things in the 19th century. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But like, he just kept it up. Mm -hmm. Kept dancing on the ice. People were like, how can this guy move like that on ice? And the Vienna School was opened to develop his style. Mm Mm-hmm. He died when he was 35 of tuberculosis. Oh, wow. Well, we are talking yeah. the late 18th century here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was watching an unrelated video that was talking about America in the 1950s. It was a, uh, like a Chuck Jones cartoon. And <laughs> it's like, do you want your child to die of dysentery? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what time period is this? Dysentery. Apparently raw sewage and open streams and flies. and I don't know. It's interesting. You should watch it. It has nothing to do with figure skating, though. <laughs> Sounds great. Yep. It was actually quite good. 
and short. I will not eat my words as we talk about my famous last words because I found out that maybe there is a thing. My famous last words last time were how influential was Yuri on Ice in driving interest in figure skating? Mm-hmm. I did the first obvious thing that I thought to do, which was go to Google Trends and put Yuri on Ice <laughs> and figure skating. And obviously that is a highly scientific process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I discovered was at a glance... There might be a correlation. I'm not doing statistical analysis here, but it looked like they followed similar trends, except figure skating was about a week behind. Mm-hmm. So possibly Yuri on Ice has created some additional interest in figure skating, but figure skating was way more popular than Yuri on Ice. I actually have some some stuff to back you up there. Oh, sweet. I went on the figure skating Reddit, and when I saw that it was mostly people who are like getting into figure skating, I was like, all right, cool, I could find some stuff here. And people were like, how did you get into it? What made you get into it? And like <laughs> 10 different people said Yuri on Ice. Yeah, because they were born to make history. Ooh. Yeah, so it got people in there. Mm-hmm. Another popular one, which is my experience, is your parents were like, guess what? You're learning how to skate. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I haven't been skating in decades. I won a ribbon for skating backwards. Ooh, wow. Really? Yes, I did. I found out that one of my, my friends was, like, on track to be a professional figure skater. What? Oh, really? Yeah. Crazy. And then decided they didn't want to do figure skating because it's like your life. I get that impression. Like, you have to drop out of school kind of thing mm. and train constantly. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that works out. Yeah. If you're a figure skater. If you're if that's what you're trying to do, you can do it. Yeah. Just believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe watch your and Ice. It seems to help some people. It's pretty inspirational. <laughs> yeah. Z, your famous last words were, and I hope I didn't misquote this, being large countries that endure a lot of cold weather, much like mm-hmm. hockey, there is a fierce rivalry between Russia and Canada in figure skating. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, pass those words over and uh, maybe some salt too. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really find anything conclusive that would say that every time there's a Winter Olympics, Canada and Russia heat up with the drive to defeat each other on the rink. The closest thing that I found was that back in 2002, there was a skating scandal because the Canadian pair of uh, Jamie Saleh and David Pelletier were the favorites to win. The fan favorites, and I think also maybe favored by the judges. But instead, the Russian pair won. And, you know, upsets like that happen all the time. But a little bit of an investigation was carried out, and it was found that through collaboration with French judges via, like, U.S. judges as well, there's, like, this whole kind of, like, interconnected web going on in favor of the Russians. Like, the Russians would help the French win some events on the ice, and the French would reciprocate, and then the U.S. was there, I guess, as, like, a third party. I don't know. It didn't quite get all of the the details of that end, but uh, basically... That caused this this big kerfuffle over the scoring in figure skating, which has always been very subjective, but also uh, a huge upset amongst the fans and amongst viewers in general, because I guess the Canadian pair just did a much more interesting and like overall, perhaps objectively, better presentation, better program than the Russians did, but the Russians got gold anyway. But in the end, once the dust settled and everything was sorted out, it was decided that the Canadians would also win gold, so they tied. Uh-huh. And, I mean... Double gold. Double gold. 
I guess that's kind of something. And like, I was really reaching because I didn't want I didn't want there to be something more than that. Um, but the only other thing that I found was that in 2001, a little less than a year before the Winter Olympics where this happened in Salt Lake City in 2002, in 2001, uh, Saleh and Pelletier, the Canadian pairs team, had won the world championship. And shortly after doing that, they received several calls from people with very thick accents <laughs> warning them to not get too comfortable on top of the podium. Whoa. And that there would be a change coming their way come the Olympics. I think that's enough to support your statement. Yeah, the Russians take it pretty seriously. In that they were pairs champions in the Olympics for 40 years. Yeah. Did you come across that? I did not actually. Yeah. 40 years straight, 1964 to uh, 2006. Wow. Which I guess... There's that double gold in there. Mm -hmm. That was not mentioned with the stat that I found. But No, both teams still got the gold, so victory yeah. still stands. Yeah. No one was defeated. No. I mean, the only controversy I, I had read about Russia is, uh, I'm really bad with names, but Eugeny Plushenko? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep, yep. Like a perennial favorite mm -hmm. Russian skater who, he's kind of reaching the end of his career. And what yeah. had happened was there was like a young up and coming skater who was like performing better as, according to scores. And Eugenio was like, look, I want to go to the Olympics. So he had like <laughs> a private skating session with a bunch of judges. And then a week before the Olympics, they're like, cool, Eugenio is going to go <laughs> to the Olympics. Interesting. Oh, man, oh, man. Which was fascinating. Yeah. A little page open of the history of Russian figure skating. Very brief. But it says... Eugenie Plushenko, the most successful athlete in figure skating. <laughs> Period. Well, like, he's... I mean, yeah. one second. Whoa. 2006 Olympic gold medalist, 2014 Olympic team gold medalist, 2002 Olympic silver medalist, 2010 Olympic silver medalist, three-time world champion, seven-time European champion, four-time Grand Prix final champion, and ten-time Russian national champion. Wow. He's the only male figure skater in the modern history of the sport to have won four Olympic medals competing in four Olympics. Wow. So, like, that is a lot. Yeah. Especially when you consider that winning four medals in four separate Olympics means that that's over the span of 16 years. And yeah. from what, what I found, figure skaters tend 12. to be... 12. If it happens every four years. Olympics, four years, Olympics, four years, Olympics, four years, Olympics. Oh, I see. There's... Oh, yeah. There doesn't have to be a four years before right. the first or after the last. Right. Yeah. Still, that's twelve years. And that's a lot. But yeah, yeah. From what I saw, what I found in my research, it tends. It seems like uh, figure skaters start around fifteen and then end around twenty-three. So, oof. Yeah, that's already bigger than that window. Yep. But he is Plushenko is like this huge celebrity in Russia too. He's got like his own fragrance. He was elected to public office at one point. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I bet the host. ballot box was stuffed. <laughs> So was uh, noted Japanese professional wrestler, the great Sasuke, Ooh. wore his mask like in, <laughs> in government. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But if nothing else, even if there is no longstanding uh, Canada-Russia rivalry in figure skating, there's at least a lot of drama generated in that 2002 incident. So much so... At the time, you know, America was off fighting uh, Al-Qaeda and whatnot. There was a joke going around the Olympic Village that uh, U.S. Special Forces had gotten into a, a, a cave 
formerly inhabited by uh, Al-Qaeda members. And in that cave, they found, amongst other documents, the finishing list for uh, for figure skating that year. Ooh. Yeah. Timely joke. Yep. The finishing order uh, list now, too. Yeah. I think that that drama is a big part of the why, if we want to go there. Why? Speaking of which... T, did you come across uh, Eugenia Medvedeva? Medvedeva. Could you spell that, please? Eugenia Medvedev. M-E-D-V-E-D-E-V-A. Medveda? Medvedeva. Could you use Medvedeva? it in a sentence? Medveda. Medvedeva. <laughs> <laughs> Russian world champion Eugenia Medveda is a big fan of anime. Uh, um, probably, but I was not. The, the problem with doing my research was I'm like, there were so many names. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't. As we were about to get into the why, I, I was like, I better pull up this article I was reading because I don't remember the skaters and their names are important. Yes. yes. Okay, but uh, I, I may uh, have, I don't know. Yeah, she performed her world team oh, trophy yeah. exhibition as the character Sailor Moon. Yes. Uh yes, I, I think I've actually seen this one. <laughs> In Helsinki, she received eight suitcases of gifts, many for the uh, popular TV series Yuri on Ice. That's amazing. Stop. This is this is the article about Japanese fans. But like, oh, okay. They love her. They love her for that reason, even though she's not Japanese. I think I might have seen that performance. That's interesting. It's interesting that yeah. the Japanese would have that admiration for a Russian skater. Well, likes anime. That's true. That's true. If there was a U.S. Uh, skater who was like, yeah, Tim Hortons, bro, <laughs> everyone, every Canadian would love them. Yeah, JJ Leroy. JJ Leroy, exactly. Our our Canadian boy. friend. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I thought for sure that when we were doing a research about, you know, the why for figure skating fandom, that it was just going to be curative. It's like, ah, yes, this figure skater, <laughs> this performance, this music, this score, like, it's yeah. all about the performance. It's all about the competition. Hmm. I mean, I shouldn't be too surprised. I watched Yuri on Ice and was completely, like, in <laughs> love with that, despite the fact that it's the same routine, like five or six times the same music five or six times still love it uh, but i read this article called an internet guide to olympic figure skating yep. fandom and oh my goodness yeah was i oh you read it too oh yeah lays it all okay. out yeah i got so into it again just like when i was watching yuri on ice because it dispelled for me the myth that the why of figure skating fandom is entirely curative i will not deny that there is a curative aspect to figure skating you know there's you know, how does the judging take place? You know, what's different about this performance than the, the last one? Um, mm -hmm. The challenge of like doing a triple axle or I'm not going to go into figure skating terms because I don't know any. <laughs> I watched Yuri on Ice. I still don't know what they all are. <laughs> Did anybody find out that the one move is not called a sow cow, but a sow cow? But everybody says sow cow. Yeah. I saw it written out it and I was like, oh, it's sow cow, but there's an L in there. <laughs> S-A-L-C-H-O-W, who was a famous figure skater in the history oh, of figure skating. That's amazing. Uh, Ulrich Salkow, a Swedish guy. Oh, neat. Well, so they... Mr. Yeah, the jump is named after him because mm. it was like his his thing. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Salkow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you say it in in that language Sweet. that it's Swedish. Swedish, it sounds like Salkow. Thanks, yeah. Mr. Salkow. Don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was reading Good this boy. article, and uh, 
it brought up the the non-curative aspects and it, it brought up some things that i was like oh i hadn't i hadn't thought of it that way um it talked a lot about the transformative aspects this was obviously from a very fanish perspective one that i am i'm not at but it's like oh you know uh why are you fans of figure skating because you've got interesting characters to inspire fanfic uh, yeah. you've got footage that you can take all sorts of gifts of because yeah. that's tumblr <laughs> You've got something cute or sexy to inspire fan art. And then watching, taking a look at some of the pictures of the costumes. It's just like, yeah, I can see that. Um, you've got this narrative to keep people interested in what's going on. Because, you know, it's not just about the technical merit. I think in this article or in a different one, it compared gymnastics to figure skating. And in gymnastics, mm-hmm. you've got like 90 seconds of like cramming in every amazing feat you can do to a program. But in figure skating, I think you've got like, what, two, three minutes? Yeah. Or I guess like three-ish minutes. So like twice as long? Yeah. So you don't have to do like jump, 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 jump. Uh, unless you're Yuri Katsuki and <laughs> you're like going for it. <laughs> yep. Or a real figure skater and you're going for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <sighs> but I, I was reading this article and, and I was admittedly brought back into thoughts about Yuri on Ice. But I was just enthralled, even though I knew nothing about these people, even though I wasn't even watching a performance, just like by all the different aspects that were going on. Figure skating has this like element of controversy that's not part of the sport, but often comes up because of the subjectivity of the judging. There's these like very personal stories about the people. And I was just like, I could immediately see the why, despite not watching any figure skating. I was like, I can see it now. Yeah. I was just like, Mm -hmm. you got me. Well, every, you know, every part of the presentation of figure skating is to tug at the imagination. Yes. Right? It is the costumes, the music, their narrative mm-hmm. of the performance. You know, the techniques are just like the tools to get there. My mom watched figure skating all the time when I was growing up. So I saw a lot of it. And I wasn't invested, so I was just like, oh, <laughs> do a flip. <laughs> so that's it. But like, you know, kind of understanding i mean it's 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 like a sort of interpretive dance almost using sow cows and uh axles and uh flying sit spins and whatnot Mm -hmm. which used to be a female only move Mm. until dick button was like i'm gonna do it (laughs) i'm sorry what was that name dick button okay that's unfortunately named but probably (laughs) a famous figure skater nonetheless he's a very famous uh american figure skater Yeah, yeah, that was another thing um, that came up that I found really interesting in that article from the Daily Dot, that uh, one of the big sort of axles, if you will, nope, around which, (laughs) (laughs) I mean axis, axle axis, one of the one of the the toe loops, if you will. There we go. There we go. One of the toe loops, if you will. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Around which uh, so much of the fandom turns is that element of uh, of gender, like male moves and female moves, and this uh, this male skater is not well liked here because he is too flamboyant. This male skater is not liked here because he is not flamboyant enough. That kind of thing was really interesting to find out about. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think I had a quote for that. Like later in the article, it talks. You know what? I'll I'll read the quote first, and then I'll elaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they talked about this, the one Olympics where there were these two competitors, Lysasek and Johnny Weir, and uh, how yes. one had won the gold, but the other one had won something else. So it's four years on, Lysasek may have won the battle for the Olympic gold, but Weir has won the media war. 
while Lysacek only seems to make public appearances to endorse products as a former Olympian, mm-hmm. Johnny Weir went on to record a terrible dance pop song, <laughs> star in a reality TV show about his career, publish an autobiography, officially come out as gay, get married, and go to the Sochi as one of NBC's two Olympic skating analysts. It's safe to say that even though his competitive career is over, he'll still be at the center of figure skating fandom's Olympic obsession this year. Later on in the article, it talks about, you know, there's this uh, understandably incredibly masculine person only talking about the technique and the exercise and the training and the promoting products. And then you've got this more feminine person, Johnny Weir, um, Mm -hmm. who would often wear flamboyant costumes. And then later in the article, they're like, but if you're popular enough, nothing matters. Because they talk about, I think it's Eugenie, and he's like, he did like a routine to, oops, I did it again in like some sort of like drag or like whatever you can accomplish on ice. Yeah. And it's just interesting how there's this like expectation of gender, but it's like cast aside when it's not convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there there was like a whole piece in this article about how figure skating is very gay. Mm. I don't mean that as a derogatory term. I, I mean, I imagine some people when they're talking about it, I mean it derogatorily, but in the context of, of this, it's talking about how many figure skaters do come out. Yeah. I think it's the same as um, the theater. Hmm. Like, it's it's the same sort of, it's just performative. Yeah. Another <laughs> notably gay area of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, in terms of performance, one of the things is, like, it is completely has no relation to how anybody moves in real life. <laughs> it's, like, completely another weird magical world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found out was... It was in the 1930s. Pairs skating. To sidestep my famous last words. Pair skating evolved from ballroom dancing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just like another version of ballroom dancing. Mm. But in the 30s, we had Carl Schaefer doing pairs skating as what they called shadow skating. Oh, where they do the same thing? They're both doing the same thing. Ah. It's insane. It's like watching synchronized swimming. Wow. And sometimes not even touching. But just like moving in unison around the rink. And it's just like, it's such a surreal thing to watch. Crazy. How does that compare to ice dancing? Let's see. Yeah. Couldn't be an episode unless we did research on the air. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I think ice, ice dancing is still meant to more closely resemble ballroom dancing. Okay. I see. It's like two people dancing with each other. Whereas pairs doesn't have to be. Right. They can do their own thing and then come back and yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Oh, typically partners are not supposed to be separate by more than two arm lengths in ice dancing. Okay, so like very much. They stay pretty close. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Singles and pair skaters more often skate to the melody and phrasing of their music rather than its beat. This is severely penalized in ice dance. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I really could see the transformative element rather than the the curative element because as you were mentioning it's it's kind of this surreal experience that you're watching mm-hmm. and so it's less you forget you're watching a competition it's like you're watching this really cool performative art piece and then at the end somebody's like right that was like a <laughs> 7.8 and you're like uh yeah sure <laughs> i guess that oh yeah i guess this is a competition sure yeah okay yeah Good job. It's like if you went to like the musical and at the end they're like, oh yeah, here's a, here's a score. <laughs> yeah. And there are professional shows too. And I don't mean just Disney on Ice, but like I remember watching specials that weren't competitions, but were skaters doing routines. And I remember, I think it was Scott Hamilton skating 
to Ed Robertson of the Barenaked Ladies playing live. Huh? Oh, wow. <laughs> he had like a tiny little stage <laughs> on the ice. And he was playing. <laughs> what was he playing? Cool. I don't remember. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I managed to find this uh, through a little bit of translation work and a little bit of finagling of terms. Managed to find this Russian website called Love and Hate. Ooh. The premise of which is, you know, there's a thing like figure skating or pizza or whatever. And people can post about why they love it. People can post about why they hate it. Okay. There's a new resource for the rest of the episodes of Anthropological. Well, it's a Russian site. So I don't know how deep it. Well, it could. It could well, we're, it we're we get the pizza fans. Pizza. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, unsurprisingly, the number of people who love figure skating, at least according to this uh, this board, this message board, grossly outweighs the number of people who hate it. Something to the order of ninety three people loving it, and like fifteen hating it. Hmm. So. Not a huge sample, but also not not uh, huge numbers. Haters gonna haters to the left. Yes, yes. Um, although I do, I did find it really interesting that most of the people who hated it weren't, you know, posting things like "Oh, figure skating's so dumb. I hate figure skating." Worse than you know the coldest winter here in Mother Russia. It was just like I used to figure skate, or I used to watch this this figure skating, and I, I you know I still enjoy the skating. I just wish there wasn't so much drama. Ah, see, those people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> boy oh boy but one of the other things that repeated a lot was people saying that figure skating was like a fairy tale Ooh. it's like this magical almost surreal sort of experience of watching people doing crazy stuff on the ice there's one user martini baby who said it's a very beautiful and harmonious sport in which athletes play the role of an actor change their images and engage in art mm. Another user, Raindrop, I really like this comment in particular. Okay, all right. Said that it's not a sport. It's a deadly, fatal, drunken art. A terrible dance on the verge of life and death. A song melting flesh. The storm bursts suddenly in a series of rushing, dying and resurrection. You want to shout, are you alive or not? Are you a man or an angel? Whoa. There it is right there. <laughs> I'm a poor cutlet bowl fatale that enthralls men. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that, that reminded me of that and also seemed appropriate. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Some people were saying that figure skaters on this board were saying that figure skaters are heroes and compared to the tricks and like moves they do on the ice to uh, the tricks and moves that you'd see at like a motorcycle race or motorcycle expo. Hmm. I get it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of respect for figure skaters coming from Russia. And reading all these entries, reading all these posts, I think at the bottom of it is that much like here in Canada, how, you know, a lot of people growing up play hockey. Maybe they have dreams of being a hockey player. Maybe they don't, but they play hockey. In Russia, mm -hmm. people growing up, a lot of them figure skate. Some of them dream about, you know, going pro and some of them don't. Some of them just do it because it's, I guess, a popular childhood sport there. But there's like that basis. It's something that people can really relate to because they've been there. They're aware of how hard it can be to like pull off that triple cell cow. Yeah. When you say it like that, it actually seems like we just mispronounce it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> cell cow sound seems seems pretty natural. Yeah. I've never seen it written out before now. Neither have I. Just to interrupt briefly here, I just learned oh. 
that's something that was a thing and is less of a thing now. Discontinued from the Canadian Figure Skating Championships following the 96-97 season. Also not an Olympic event. For skating. For skating? Four people on the ice at one time. <laughs> oh, that just seems dangerous. <laughs> are they are they at least like holding hands or something? Or is it just four people skating around each other in a wild dance? Well, it'd be a crazy routine. Okay. <laughs> And including overhead lifts. Mm-hmm. The idea is that it's two pairs. Oh, okay. Overhead lifts, twist lifts, death spirals, throw jumps, as well as the elements of single skating in unison, pairs elements in unison, mm-hmm. and unique elements that involve all four skaters. This sounds bananas. Yeah. You can make like a crazy star. <laughs> a four-pointed star. And like spin around. Man. But if you had five people, you could have all the sailor scouts. <laughs> All the sailor scouts, the inner scouts. You <laughs> uh, could have a bunch of them. At that point, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm sure that some ice ice shows that feature figure skating include programs or performances that have more than two people on the ice at a time. But at that, at that point, getting four and more people on the ice, you know, to dance on the ice, isn't that kind of like a insert major character or franchise on ice? kind of thing uh i did look into that a, a little bit like i was i was searching tv tropes to see if it had anything to say about figure mm-hmm. skating and there is a page for on ice which i assume mostly references the various on ice's things but it also talked about how you know you've made it when uh, you have your own on ice show but yes i imagine it would be like that i've never seen one of those but i also don't imagine i have any more than two or three characters on the ice at a time mm-hmm. probably because it gets really crazy and if you're an audience member you Kind of want to focus somewhere. That's true. Everyone's wearing blades on their feet. <laughs> no, but I mean, when you think of a, a TV mm. show, like, yes, there might be lots of action going on, but the camera can zoom in on, like, two, three yeah. people. Yeah, there probably don't need to be, like, eight people <laughs> in a scene for any reason. Unless you're posing as a team to show you that stuff just got real. Yeah. In which case, I assume everyone do like very small circles in their own corner of the ice. <laughs> Briefly taking this to Yuri on Ice again, because I did find some connection to Yuri on Ice and figure skating. That's not surprising. I found an article uh, on the Global Times anime featuring figure skating inspires fans to bring elements of animation to life. Yeah. And I talked about how Johnny Weir, the person from the other article I had mentioned, was actually pretty happy about seeing yuri on ice it so this quote that i have is the anime has won over some of the most well-known figure skaters in the world among them are johnny weir american figure skater and 2008 world bronze medalist and russian figure skater and 2016 world champion evgenia medvedev the person you mentioned before yes both have tweeted about how closely they follow the anime and their love for it for example when victor nikivarov a world champion skater in Yuri on Ice wore an outfit that featured a Corolla on his head, similar to one that Weir had worn. Fans pointed out that this was paying homage to one of Weir's costume designs. When Weir discovered this, he excitedly posted the pictures of him and the character in their matching outfits on Twitter. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. Yeah. It's got the stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nobody is watching Yuri on Ice and saying, this is awful, figure skaters should like throw this away. <laughs> well... One of the reasons for that might be that there are real-life inspirations for Yuri on Ice. That is not super surprising. <laughs> yeah, but what did John McEnroe think of Prince of Tennis? Ooh, that's the real question here, but unfortunately I don't have those answers. 
What the heck is Prince of Tennis? <laughs> is maybe yeah, what they were asking. Yeah. Well, like, why Yuri on Ice? Why did so many people hear about it? Oh, I think it's got partially to do, you know, with the beauty of figure skating. Even if it's the same routine, you know, a few times over, it's still probably a very visually stunning routine. But and then there's also the relationship going on there, the romance. That's always a big pull. Mm-hmm. And I feel like probably more so in the uh, real person fic than in real life. But maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that, that Olympic village when the cameras are turned off. But there's, if not romance, at least tension between the skaters when they are competing against each other, right? Hmm. Rivalries, but also friendships. Plenty of material. Upon further examination, it may be that Prince of Tennis isn't that good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you are a fan of sports anime, in particular Prince of Tennis, you can send all hate mail to g at thenextcast.com, as usual. I have not seen Prince of Tennis. I am echoing what uh, information that I am reading on Wikipedia. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. To answer your question about Yuri on Ice, though, I think it's the same reason people are fans of figure skating. I think that's the, the same why. It may be dressed up because it's an anime. It may be comedicized, made comedic, whatever the verb conjugation of that is. It may be made more humorous. Uh, it may be exaggerated, but like it presents a drama that, that mm-hmm. people can connect with. It. It's about people's stories. Mm. In Yuri on Ice, you get a greater idea of uh, the character's personality because you watch them over 12 episodes. But just like in figure skating, you have like two minutes where you start to connect with this person as a character. And as a person, you hear about their struggle to make it to uh, whether it be the Grand Prix, whether it be the Olympics. You hear about that struggle, their story, uh, and you connect with that. You don't get the same depth as Yuri on Ice, but you hear that. You've got controversy surrounding it. You've got the athleticism of the sport itself. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, they were doing so well, and then they missed up their like toe loop. Like, all of that makes it more engaging. I think that's why people are fans of Yuri on Ice and why people are fans of figure skating. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about, like, you know, the investment in the characters. You know, you potentially have years of investment in figure skaters. People who follow figure skating will see them at a young age. Yeah. Entering the sport and watch them come up. That happened with Katarina Witt. You know, she's she's a prodigy. Hmm. Up and up and up. And when she, when she won the gold... In um, 84, almost? Or 88. She received 35,000 love letters. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And, actually, at uh, no, this was in Calgary. Katarina Witt and her closest rival, Debbie Thomas, were both skating to the same song. Oh, wow. At the Olympics. I believe ha- it was Habanera. <laughs> and one of them was more technically oriented. The one of them was more like... Artistic. Artistic, yeah. Uh, Katarina Vett went that as well. When you mention that, I, I'm thinking a little bit about, you know, how in other sports that are more team-oriented, like, yeah, sure, you get invested in a team and maybe the players, but it's not the same. Like when an Olympic individual athlete or a pair, like, gets a gold medal and they're getting up to, like, 25, 26, like, maybe that's the last gold medal that they get, and it's kind of bittersweet. Whereas if a, mm-hmm. like if a baseball player or a football player retires, you're like, well, okay, but like they're a member of a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, I guess, while there is athleticism, it's that artistry that is not going to happen again. Yeah. That story is not going to be the same again. It's much more personal yeah. than the story of a team. They're going to cheer for the team regardless of who like did all the baskets. Unless you it's know. LeBron James. <laughs> Unless it's LeBron James. Like, or Michael Jordan. Well, 
or other sports because yeah. i because i don't know who lebron james plays for i the spurs <laughs> mm. it's moved around and people don't like him leaving their town i know that <laughs> i don't know either they're mad about that most of this uh, figure skating history by the way i learned from a history of figure skating series of videos on youtube hmm. narrated by tom baker what like the doctor who the doctor oh, yeah. yeah cool yes <laughs> yeah is he in character <laughs> no well tom baker maybe in character. he doesn't he doesn't say anything that isn't information about figure skating okay. but maybe okay. <laughs> <laughs> i assume it was from like the bbc or something like that right, right, right. like probably yeah. but yeah interesting yeah is that is that the why maybe that tom baker is the why i mean maybe yeah, i think that's it Tom Baker's involved. No, I mean, is this <laughs> does this point in the conversation indicate that the why is perhaps coming to a conclusion? Oh, uh, I th- <laughs> I think so. Like doing the research this week was very unusual because I couldn't pin it down. It seemed so simple and so complex at the same time. Hmm. It was like I, I don't know. Maybe I'll leave my uh, denouement for the the verdict. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's go to the verdict. Okay, verdict part of the show where we talk about our, our final closing thoughts for the fandom and kind of like give a, a summary or, or something to that effect. I'm going to start by saying I think somehow I might be in to figure skating fandom. Mm. I don't know how in. I watched Yuri on Ice. I'm going to watch the movie. That doesn't really count. I know it doesn't count, but it's, <laughs> it's in combination with what I've read has certainly drummed up some interest in looking more into figure skating fandom and uh, figure skating history. As I was starting to say, and probably a bit too prematurely say, the why of figure skating seems so simple and so complex. There's so much history, there's so much pageantry, and all these different factors that go into the sport, whether or not you think it's a sport. And when you distill it into, like, why are you a fan of this, it it comes down to the stupid, simplistic, like, because I like this. But there's so much personality to that that I... I haven't found in many of the other fandoms we've covered. When you talk about anime, manga, comic books, television, there's obviously like a creative effort that takes place there. When you talk about sports and the few that we've done or music, there's again a creative element, but it's it's very different. And this was like an interesting synthesis of like the athleticism and creativity and personality that creates a really compelling story for a competitive sport. So I would say that if you are not a fan of figure skating, you should maybe give it another shot. Maybe you've got some good reasons, but I, th- I think it's worth another shot. And if you're not a fan of figure skating, you should check out Yuri on Ice and see if that changes your mind. I tried really hard not to make it all about Yuri on Ice, but I failed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Very sorry. It's great. Watch it. Everybody watch it. I'm saving us doing a separate episode on Yuri on Ice. <laughs> cool. <laughs> ice. Yeah, I can't even remember any of Mr. Freeze's lines anymore. Ice, ice to meet you. Have an ice, ice. day. What kill the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Uh, freeze. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Ice to see. Yeah, there's another That's one. Mc, That's McBain, I think. Uh, <laughs> the same character. Uh. Uh, arguably. Um, okay. I'm out, except for when the Olympics are on. <laughs> when the Olympics are on, I will watch any Olympic sport. Hmm. Especially one that Canada has a fighting chance. <laughs> It's the only time I watch sports. I love that I can watch, you know, something like figure skating and like someone who's like 
cultured fan can see something completely different in what's going on. Mm. I think one of the problems I had, because I watched a few teens and whatever, I think one of the one of the things that struck me, maybe coming from a more musical perspective, is that either so much of what was the skating is not to the beat, mm. or there isn't a beat in the song. And I think, I, I, for some reason, that part is like, I, I kind of lose it a little bit. It doesn't quite gel as much in my head. Yeah. But I love the artistry of it. Like, the costumes, the, the storytelling. Like, like I saw some, some stuff where a pair was dancing and they ended, they ended their routine, like, flat out on the ice. Like, face down. <laughs> what? <And> just like... <laughs> it's like doing stuff like that is great. <laughs> I love it. And that's why I brought up the, like, the fours skating. Because I guess I'm only really interested in, like, big spectacle. As I said, do a flip. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, you know, it's never going to wind its way into my heart, unfortunately. And I, th- I feel like a good portion of figure skating fandom is also slightly idol worship. And I'm not really into that either. Oh, there's that. Yeah. But like, I loved finding this. I love that. It, like, it's got a rich history to it. And like, there's a depth of knowledge there. And there's a lot to what's going on there, even if I don't personally understand. But yeah, I'm out. Right. I'm going to say that I'm also out. Someday I'll still watch Yuri on Ice, probably. Do it. But, uh... <laughs> What's that? What's that called? Yuri on Ice. Yuri, Yuri on Ice. I think Voices dot com. Um... Never heard of it. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, the best part like... is you weren't even there for that. <laughs> <laughs> so inside, he was not even inside when it took place. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead, see. Mm-hmm. No worries. No worries. But seriously, Yuri on Ice has been on my radar for a little bit now, and still haven't gotten around to watching it, so I'm not sure how quickly that'll be taken up, but it is on that to-watch list. Nonetheless, even having seen, it, hypothetically speaking, having seen Yuri on Ice, I think I'd still be out of figure skating, just because I did watch a few very short routines during the research, and I did find it really mesmerizing, but not in a way where I'm... I'm craving more i'm not chasing any dragons here so to speak you know what i mean like it it i can definitely see the draw the drama the the tragic stories sometimes of the people sort of on the ice and off the ice perhaps definitely seems like uh if i may generalize that a lot of figure skating fans are perhaps uh gina lenetti's if people are familiar with brooklyn 99 and uh, chelsea peretti's character on that show yep 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 very drawn to drama very uh, drawn to great human stories of spectacular epic scales at least in terms of like personal significance if that makes sense but i don't you know i think there's probably more to it than that as well there's the technical side of it and, and all that that sort of stuff but mm, just none of it's really really grabbing me in the way that other things have so i'm i'm gonna say i'm out i can i can see why people enjoy figure skating but it's not grabbing me all right. I didn't really have any high expectations, but we got a bunch of non-committal answers and a definite out. So, yeah, that's uh, not typical. That part's not typical. No, I mean, and you know, not everyone's going to be going to connect with us personally, but I, I still, mm-hmm. there hasn't been an episode that I have not enjoyed doing. Yeah. Doing the research for this was a lot of fun just because I didn't know what to expect. But from the, the first uh, discovery that uh, that fan fiction is a thing in figure skating fandom, that made it really interesting, for sure. All right. I believe that means that it is time to take a giant bat signal, remove the bat signal, watch Gotham fall. 
and then shine a spotlight on a good cause. That's right. It's the time of the show where we do the spotlights. This week's spotlight is appropriate to the topic, which some sometimes it's actually very hard to do to find things that match up with our topic because I guess there aren't a lot of charities that are tailored to fandoms. Sometimes there are, sometimes there aren't. We try to find them when we can, mm-hmm. yeah. but sometimes it's a little small or a little obscure or not quite related enough. But anyway. yeah, rock progressive yeah. Italiano, <laughs> but we had a really easy time finding a charity for that. <laughs> Um, yep. Help buy kids Mellotrons. <laughs> they need them. They need them. This week we shine the spotlight on Skate to Great, which is a great charity that aims to make skating a right, not a privilege, for every kid in Canada, regardless of their circumstances. To quote their own website, uh, it was founded in March 2012 with the mission of providing every child in Canada the opportunity to skate, regardless of their economic or physical circumstances. In May 2013, Skate to Great received charitable status and has collected and distributed upwards of 25,000 pairs of skates to date. The organization directly supports schools, programs, and charities in Canada, which enable deserving kids and at-risk youth the opportunity to skate. Its main initiative is to collect new and used hockey or figure skates, along with equipment such as sticks and helmets for organizations that need them. Recipients then participate in programs that provide skating opportunities in a supportive environment. If you're interested in that or interested in helping them out, you can go to skate2great.org and you can help them out. Is it two or the word? Oh, sorry. It's S-K-A-T-E-T-O-G-R-E-A-T.org. Cool. Skate, the word two, as in the preposition. Mm-hmm. As in the verb, to skate. <laughs> oh, hey. Except skate two. Uh, anyway, uh, good charity, good cause. Uh, you should check that out. If you think figure skating is important and want to help people in Canada, help people to, to skate more. I, w- I hope there was more of a global thing or the International Skating Union might have something. But as it turns out, they do not. Hmm. Well, when we uh, kind of find something globally, we usually stick close to home. Yeah. Also, you know, a lot of people want to skate in Canada. Yeah, that's true. Everybody wants to be a hockey player. I mean, plus skating is how we get around up here, right? It's just one big ice rink. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And uh, if you skate yourself over to iTunes, you will find Phanthropological there. What you can also find is a subscribe button that lets Phanthropological episodes drop directly into your uh, virtual lap every Friday. You can also leave a rating or review that uh, bumps up our visibility. It lets everybody uh, get a peek at Phanthropological and our uh, program. You can also find us at the NixCast pretty much anywhere. Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget Twitch. Uh, I will not forget Twitch. If you want to see our lovely faces as we do this podcast live on Monday nights at 8 p.m., twitch.tv slash the NixCast is where you can find those faces. Some of them photoshopped <laughs> on the famous skaters. What are you talking about? I thought that was just that time that Z won a bronze medal in the Sochi Olympics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That did happen, I guess. Yeah. That's this timeline, right? Yeah. Is this the darkest timeline? (laughs) We'll find out next next week. (laughs) If you want to skate to great content that we make on all those various different channels, you can go to patreon.com slash the next cast. We post all of the content that we make there, uh, all of our YouTube videos, which includes convention coverage, Let's Plays, uh, anything else that we come up with. Anytime we release a podcast, it goes up there. 
Plus, if you become a patron of the NickCast on Patreon.com, that is, you make a monthly pledge to help us out, uh, then you have access to all of the secret going-ons behind the scenes. You will know the events that we're going to before we let the general public know. You get secret updates, and you'll know what the money goes towards because all of our goals are listed there. So if you want to become a patron of the NickCast, go to Patreon.com slash the NickCast. Even as little as a dollar a month hugely helps us out. Check that out. And there's, of course, one last thing before we go, before we enter this TARDIS time portal DeLorean whatever into next week's episode. And that is Famous Last Words. Famous Last Words. So, next week, we will be traveling to China to talk about fans of World of Warcraft. And so, my question to all of us is, what are your famous last words about world of warcraft fans or fandom i think i feel like i'm not going out on a limb for this at all but i think just to throw this out there that world of warcraft is prime the the primary reason why it's so popular in china is because there are so many internet cafes over there and that is the primary means of people to access the internet Hmm. because they're accessing the internet on these computers that are you know probably pretty beefy they can play some world of warcraft no problem all right, just throwing it out there. Why China's so interested in World of Warcraft game getting long and tooth at this point is for the same reason that they also love Windows XP so much. Ooh. Because they love Windows XP so much that when Microsoft was like, you can't use Windows XP anymore, Linux was like, uh, we'll make something that is basically Windows XP <laughs> for you to use in your computers. Uh, more on that in our Linux episode. Hey. Which, which happened... Not forthcoming. It happened a while ago, but you can find it uh, on iTunes and at Fanthropological.com. Something happened. There was some sort of freeze with China's computers. I'm really struggling to come up with famous last words for World of Warcraft fans. I've got like a whole bunch of stuff stewing in there. Like it's only popular because it was like the first major one, but that's definitely not true. And maybe there's like a history of massive online multiplayer games and uh, World of Warcraft like perfected the art. You know what? I'm going to give myself some leeway, but I'm going to make a statement that is almost certainly wrong. Okay. I think that World of Warcraft is so popular in China, and World of Warcraft is so popular because the South Korean MMORPG Silk Road, I don't remember the exact name, but mm. whatever, It's I, I think that one, is Korean, and there's like some racial stuff going on there. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. I couldn't think of anything, so I went right into the deep end. This is the fun part of, you know, the famous last words that, you know, there's no research has happened yet. Mm-hmm. We don't even know how wrong we are. <laughs> we just know that we're wrong. That's right. And true knowledge comes in knowing that you know nothing. That's right. <laughs> Said Socrates and uh, Ted, I think. <laughs> well, if you haven't contracted whatever G has uh, <coughs> over the internet, that's good because uh, that shouldn't happen and... <coughs> If something has happened, please consult your doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, thank you everyone for listening, watching, uh, however you're consuming this podcast, and we will hear from you <coughs> next week. Uh, and G will probably be with us. We all hope. Yes. <laughs> yep. Talk to you all next week from Until... the beautiful hills of China. Yep. Bye. <laughs>